Hi everybody, I'm Roy Avon and I'm here with the legendary Dream Theater holed up in their secret hidden location recording their 14th upcoming studio album. Guys, thank you for having me and being here. Thanks for coming. So uh, make sure we know who everyone is, not that you need introductions, but we have uh, John Mayung, John Petrucci, Jordan Rudis, James Labrie, and Mike Mangini. Guys, thanks again. Uh, first of all, uh, I'd like to talk about just how this process got started, the writing. When did you guys decide that it was time to work on a new album? Well, first of all, you let people know that we put a hood on you and put you in a trunk <laughs> no, and drove you up here so you don't know where yes. you are right now. I really, I really don't. I couldn't find my way back home if I tried. Right. A secret location. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the idea was um, to do something differently than the last few albums where, you know, a bunch of them we wrote in, in studio, um, more of a traditional setting. Um, but we haven't really done this thing where we all went away together, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of to a remote place where we can live and write and hang out and bond and just eat, eat, eat and right. cook and just yeah. be yeah. brothers and musicians. We, we yeah. probably haven't done that since, I don't know, since like Images or something. I never did. I think so. You never did it with us. <laughs> Jordan, yeah. in the band for now that years. I've done it, I don't know. And <laughs> <laughs> he wants to go back to the old one. Well, that's a lost start yeah. today, right? It's yeah. recording albums. Yeah. Everybody yeah. just shares files online and everybody's right. in their remote home studio with great equipment. Exactly. What, what, what drove you to do that this time around? To, just to get a different feel and see if the songwriting changed somehow? We wanted to reconnect and, you know, kind of like check out each other's personalities and, you know, yeah, just be together and make it happen. Yeah. But it's a sound in here, too. Uh, it affects the way the songs get put together, you know. It's uh, uh, echoey and live and vibrant, so yeah. it tends to affect how you write, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think we needed it as a band. You know, the last record Jordan and I wrote together, and it was not a very collective situation and it was a whole different thing and i think we really for our you know i don't know the psychology of who we are and to reconnect yeah. and you know get everybody joined in to a more collaborative scenario uh, i think it was really necessary in a kind of cathartic way to do it this way yeah i also yeah. i also think you know when you when you first put a band together the first thing you're doing is you're in a room all of you together jamming right. and playing live off the floor. That's exactly what was happening here. Is although the, you know the ideas were it's very sp spontaneous everything because you know some guys suggest this, but it's it's worked out right there in the moment. So you have that that excitement, that energy, and it feeds on and it leads to the next part and it leads to the next part. But it's just that that it's very electric. In here, you're sitting there and you're feeling each other's energy, each other's interaction. The ideas are going like that, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah, let's try that. And it's all very experimental. But at the end of the day, you actually have something and you're listening back and then it feeds to the next session when you come in the next day. And the fact that we're around each other the whole day, you, you, you're having conversations in between. And it might be John and Jordan or John and Mike or John Myung and Jordan or right. myself. And we're having conversations about the music. Where is it going? Where is it bringing us to? Oh, wait a minute. You know, see somebody run out. You know, it, it helps keep you us know, yeah. right. focused too. Right. You know, when yeah. we have a list, yeah. you know, uh, a few dozen ideas and everyone has their snippets and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But being here really, it kind of, you kind of know, like, 
which idea to do, which one yeah. not to do. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Does, a, the, does the, um, the sort of the sequencing and the idea of how you want mm -hmm. the album to go start to evolve as you're starting to write riffs and you can target, oh, this is a good opener and this might be a closer and you start to put things together? Yeah, although at this point in time, we really haven't done the final sequencing. Um, we do know what the album closer will be. Um, just because it just screams album closer. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're still working on that. But, you know, it's funny, even the first song that we wrote together, you know, after being on the road touring, we, we did back-to-back -back tours of The Astonishing and then The Images and Words, uh, right. 30th anniversary. And, you know, you kind of think to yourself, even though it doesn't really, in the end, pan out this way, but the very first thing you write, I don't know about you guys, but you're thinking... What are, you know, what are people going to hear after all that time is the first thing. And so the first song that we wrote at Wit's End, which we call Song One, just has like this energy of like, this is what the, you know, if somebody hasn't heard us for a while, what have these guys been up to? It, it had all of that energy in it because it was the first thing that we wrote. How much of going back and playing Images and Words for the first time in its entirety on tour uh, influenced the direction or the writing this time around? That's a really good question. I think it's um, it's so great to, to connect with like the root kind of of what this band is about. You know, I wasn't there uh, for the for the writing of Images and Words, but I've enjoyed playing it so much through the years, and I value it as kind of like a core Dream Theater album. So kind of at a time like this when we all wanted to get together and we wanted to vibe together and re-kind of uh, connect with what it is that makes up Dream Theater. It was really actually amazing to go out and play images and words and kind of, you know, appreciate that and, and take that in and use that information to come into this and create what we did. With the new album, you also have a new record label, Inside Out Music. Uh, talk about how that happened and, and why the changeover. And I know you guys have a, a relationship with, with Thomas, who's the, the head of the label. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. It goes way backwards. I mean, because, I mean, it goes back, well, you have a relationship already. Yeah, I mean, I, I've done uh, five solo albums with Inside Out. But, I mean, Thomas was a fan, first and foremost. Thomas was coming up on the Images and Words tour. <laughs> We'd see him at several shows, and then finally, you know, having conversations with him, getting to know this guy, and knew how passionate he was about music in general. And so, you know, the natural course for him or evolution for him was to actually be a part of the industry. So it didn't, wasn't very surprising. Well, yeah, I'm starting my own label. Really? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so throughout the years, Thomas, um, aside from uh, my working with him with my solo um, band, he would just constantly be around each and every one of our album releases. Once we got out there, once we're up behind the album, touring it, we'd always bump into him at least three or four times on that tour. And so when it came to this chapter, uh, we knew that he was going to be one of the labels that was definitely interested in, you know, seeing if we wanted to go yeah. with him. Yeah, for I sure. I remember meeting him for the first time a long time ago. Like, yeah, yeah. It might have been one of the first times we actually came to Europe. And, yep. And I remember <clears throat> he was talking yeah. about this band IQ. 
Oh yeah, but the time he's really into oh hiking, my God. right? And yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally yeah. remember meeting oh him. And he, yeah, like James said, he's kind of just stayed in contact mm-hmm. all that all time, and finally, you know. Well, and Inside Out also is celebrating 25 years. This oh wow! Year. Ah, is that yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're we're having a lot of fun working. I think it's cool for for him, if I may speak for him. Um, you know, being like at, at one point a fan and now working together professionally, it's like he kind of like share his thoughts and opinions and creativity with us and in, in, in where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. It just has a lot of credibility. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's not just like a typical exec guy. He's like right. coming from a guy that's like really genuine fan right. of the music and the genre. And it's really cool. It's, you guys have had your share of, of ups and downs with record labels that's been documented. So, has it been different with Inside Out in, in that regard since he's a, uh, yeah. someone you've known for so long and he's a fan of this music and a fan of the band that it's, it's, it's been yeah. maybe what, more comfortable? Yeah. What's interesting to me about the, the whole process is that when I first joined this group 20 years ago, we were of a whole different kind of mindset, the way that we dealt with the labels and people kind of in the business when we were in our recording process creating an album there was nobody that had anything to do with it nobody heard it we didn't talk about it we when we were done and we said okay here it is and it was kind of like a thing and slowly but surely over the years over many years we kind of relaxed that and came to more of a point where we felt like you know what involving the people that we work with is can be a really good thing so moving fast forward to you know being with Inside Out and working with Thomas, especially somebody who's been with the band for so long, it, the whole thing has kind of like come together. Where now we're more open. We we look forward to right. you know working with the team. We like you know hearing what Thomas has to say, and it's a kind of a new way for Dream Theater. And I think it's it's uh, more open. It's more productive. Everybody's having a better time, and and it really works for us. Even you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, if there was anyone, it's like John was saying, and what what Jordan's saying. If I can add to it, it, if there was anyone that we would actually allow to come in and actually speak about the music, I I can't see very many people beyond Thomas where we'd actually say, you know, okay, what do you have to say? Because usually that was doors closed. No, let us do our thing and here you go. But he has, he's, he's known the band intimately when it comes to the music since the very beginning. And he's been extremely uh, vocal hasn't he? Yeah. Over the years, with whatever we have released, he's been, you know, he, he says to us, yeah, man, loving it, yeah, it was great to see it, or whatever he might have to say. So it was, uh, you know, an industry person, if I may say so, to come in and have that. Thomas is, is the guy that we're going to go, oh, yeah, well, you get, you're not coming from a, a place where you don't get it. You do get it. Yeah. You know who we are. I think it's yeah. also important to say, just, just on a professional level, you know, anybody that gets involved with Dream Theater, it, you know, is somebody who believes in, in what we're doing. Because we're not the typical band and, you know, genre-wise, it's not pop mm-hmm. music. It's not, and, you know, I have to say, even with the previous labels and everything, we had great relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, the last several records were with Roadrunner, and we had a great time with us, with everybody there. They're wonderful, yep. amazing mm-hmm. people to work with. And, you know, we just felt... At this time, it was time to do something different after several records with them. Yeah, but yeah. it's important to say, I think that uh, we, you know, whatever label that we were on, there's not many, um, that we did work with some really incredible people, very professional, very artistic and creative, that put a lot behind Dream Theater. And so this is, you know, another 
right. step in a positive direction, something new. And That's great, and, and a great new step to kick off with, with this new album. I want to get back to talking about this amazing studio and what has it been like recording here, and how long, how long have you been here actually writing and, and working on the album? I didn't have the beard before. We booked like what, June. two months to write it, and we did it in 18 days. Yeah. Yeah. Right? 18 yeah. days. 18 that days. Yeah. Really? It yeah. Really. June, we booked That's June. That's a lot faster than, than how many, normal for you guys? Yeah. How many notes is that a day? <laughs> What's that? How many notes is that a day? <laughs> 100 million. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, actually, the writing pace is pretty typical for Drink Theater as, as far as how long each song takes to get written. Yeah. The thing that slows down the pace of a record is... It, whether or not we're in a studio writing and, and simultaneously recording, because that always takes really long. Or if we just write together and then we quickly demo it and move on. So like Train of Thought, similar record, we wrote it in three weeks. This one we wrote in three weeks. Mm -hmm. Nothing fast or slow about that yeah. pace. It's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, but the fact that we, we booked this place from June until... September, I guess. So it's four months yeah. total. Mm. And um, we, yeah. you know, once we, we actually wrote in this room. Let's talk about the room for a yeah, second. Let's yeah, let's talk about, about this room. Yeah. We don't have to say much more than this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, so uh, uh, we, we found the room. Um, all right, Jimmy T and Maddie did some uh, scouting. And I believe Jimmy T, uh, our engineer, uh, found this place and um, checked it out and uh, discovered that there was this beautiful room in the middle of wherever we are. Um, <laughs> <Nope>. that, yeah, <laughs> it, it's built as a professional studio, but the original owner sold it and moved everything out, so there's no equipment in here. But it's all professionally wired and ready to go. It's a beautiful, beautiful studio. Yeah. So we decided to just set up all our gear. We'll mic it up. Literally, how many mics are on the drum? Four. Four. Everything was just like, we're just going to, as we write a song, they set us up with a very easy way to just record. Okay, press record. Mm -hmm. And we live demoed everything. <coughs> so we literally write, finish the song, struggle to play it. Okay, you think we can do it? And we, so all the demos are live. And then the original plan is we were then going to move out of here and go into a you know, professional studio and start tracking drums and and uh, at some point, you know, we looked at each other and went, why would we move out of here? Like, <laughs> let's just stay crazy. here. This is amazing. Yeah. And, cool. and not, not only that, but the vibe that we captured, I think, in the songs, the energy and the yeah. spirit, we didn't want to lose that by moving somewhere else. Right. right. So Jimmy T and Maddie specked out what it would require to be able to record here and we had to buy and rent some microphones and preamps and stuff and they did it in like a weekend right. and mm -hmm. we recorded the entire record it's pretty crazy we John, turned I, I, I want, sorry and we turned the place into a full-fledged studio mm -hmm. it, it looks amazing and comfortable yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Which is great. Totally. Uh, James was right in that chair. That was his chair. And he sat there right in front of me, staring, looking, <laughs> observing, staring, conducting, yeah. his throat. bursting yeah. with melody. <laughs> right in that chair. And we played who was going to cook. Mike made wings one night. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. James made wings. burgers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I made chicken. Oh, yeah. 
Well, that was, that was uh, the only secret film to come out of these recordings was the burger <laughs> sessions. Right? We had right. some wing uh, footage, right? right? Some chicken was, wing footage. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. yeah we did, yeah. yeah it was so, great. You know, uh, I wanted to, John, I want to ask you, uh, conceptually, uh, you guys have had a few concept albums, the, the Astonishing obviously being, being a major one. Uh, what can we tell people about this album without giving too much away? What concept and what, and what we're um, well, we went back to kind of where we used to do things. I think it was uh, a little freer, not as limiting when we're just all in the room working on stuff. And, uh, and we all really care about how the process unfolds. So that's the key. And uh, as a result, I think um, you hear it in music. Yeah. I mean, I, I did get to, to hear a little bit of it, and it sounds... Uh, amazing, and there's a few twists and turns and some of the other. Don't want to give too much away, but uh, quintessential dream theater, a hundred percent. Is there pressure when you go into writing, especially this album, like you were talking with, coming off the astonishing and what you guys wanted to do, to you know, you know, with the fan base that you guys have, they're so rabid and loyal, and they they expect you know uh, sometimes a million notes all the time. So is there pressure to write a certain way or release a certain album, or how do you? remove that distraction? I think that we're all just, you know, first and foremost, we're very dedicated musicians. We want to create something that is going to make us feel good, make us happy, make us smile, something that we think is cool. And of course, there's, a, you know, there's a strong awareness of who our fans are. We've played in public three million times and we know what they react to. So while we're creating the music that we love, we have a definite idea of what kind of music will affect an audience a certain way. So it would be, you know, it would be wrong of me to say that we don't even think about it. You know, we, we just do it for ourselves. Yeah, we do it for ourselves, but we also are going to be going out and playing this music. So we stay very clear on what, you know, the energy that we're putting out and what's going to come back to us. So we might write like a beautiful melody and say, you know what, in this part, everybody's going to be singing along. And we feel good about that because we want yeah, to... Uh, it's not we, a distraction. It's yeah. it actually, it's welcoming. I mean, yeah. we didn't fall off turnip trucks. We know what people want. <laughs> we do. We know what they want. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know. the beauty of being yeah. a performing musician is that you put the energy out there and you get it back. So there's that real awareness and we care about that when we're creating our music. So, yeah, this Sorry. album is just a lot of fun. It was fun. I was going to say it almost felt like less pressure in a lot of ways because of just where we are and just being together and not, you know, having constraints of time, being in an expensive, you know, hourly studio or, you know, having distractions, having to go back and forth. Yeah. It felt like more fun, I yeah. think. And I think that spirit is in some of the songs as well. You know, with that in mind, um, interesting, we were speaking about each of the tracks. Um, and we had a lot of humor mm -hmm. going on here. Yeah. And one of the things that, funny in a comedy sense kind of way, but was the, I think the first thing heard was a riff John Mayan played. And every time we went, <laughs> this is funny, but every time we, all right, let's, let's go with that riff. It became another song. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, all right, we'll do that. And then we thought, oh, let's, John, play the riff again. And it became another song, yeah. and we never did the riff. <laughs> and, and so really it, was, right. it was finally that the, the, the record was over. Like, we finished. We thought, no, we're, we're not. We're going to song out of that. <laughs> we're going to John Mayung. So, in other words, the way the next album is going to be. It was amazing. 
right. going to be made. The next yes. album will be made with John Mayung's riff. That's right. <laughs> right. So wait, did that yeah, riff yeah. end up being a song? Yes, it did. It did. It we did. wouldn't yeah. leave the it last until, one we did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It got made, it and it was the right time, though. Yeah, yeah, it, it turned into a big song too. Yeah, yeah, James, lyrically and and vocally for this album, where does this album lie for you, and what what did you bring? Um, maybe emotionally to, to some of the lyrics and the music? Uh, you know, I mean, well, musically, I, I think that it's uh, brilliant what's going on throughout this album from beginning to end. I think lyrically, it's just, uh, you know, I, I'm influenced by things that I hear in conversation, uh, things that I, I watch, uh, literature that I read, um, you know, just being a human being is basically the palette for anyone's uh, inspiration when it comes to a lyrical uh, approach. Um, so for me, I mean, also vocally, uh, you know, to be quite honest with you, I'm, I'm not approaching this album any different than I would any other album. You know, I listen to the song, whether it's my own lyric or one of the other guy's lyrics, um, I always like to jump into it, understand it as thoroughly as I can personally, and if there's parts of it that seem a little uh, un, you know, unclear to me, then I'll talk to the lyricist. Um, but I kind of, um, through that whole process, I pretty much know what kind of a voice or what uh, parts of myself I need to create as far as the sound and how I need to express it. I have a question. Know? Did you bring out your true pirate self? That hasn't. That, that's coming. <laughs> that's coming. Okay. Yes. Not, not quite yet. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. One of the things you guys have done better than any band in, in this genre and, and doing what you guys do is really find space for the singing and the melodies mm -hmm. between all the crazy instrumentation that's, mm -hmm. that's always going on. Yeah. How do you manage that? Is that ever a challenge? Is there ever a song that's you intended it to have vocals, but it got too out of control, and you have to? To find some space, or really, it just—it's a marriage that works just well. Well, I would say that you know we love to play our instruments, we love to be virtuosic, but I think most of all, we love making music that is emotional and melodic, and we care so much about that—that the—that the academic side of making music is kind of uh, maybe secondary to wanting to make music with heart, making music that you know is going to be possible for people to sing along with. I mean, we really love that. So it's that balance that I think sometimes separates what we do than a lot of other bands that are in that kind of virtuosic, proggy metal domain. Because so, sometimes yeah. lyrics can be forced in, you know, sometimes with that. Yeah. It never feel, uh -huh. feels that way. With well, we don't, you we don't make it secondary. Like, it's not like yeah. two different things mm -hmm. to us. It's, it's a song, mm -hmm. and the song has to be meaningful on all levels. Mm -hmm. You know, it has right. to be meaningful musically, lyrically, uh, performance-wise, um, you know, you can't, and anything that happens in the song, even if it's a, somebody's solo, it could like take away from a song or it could bring it to another level. And the vocals and the song structure and the melodic feel and the hooks and the message yeah. are so, they're not secondary to us. Like they're just as important as part of the, the whole big picture. <coughs> Who is the uh, biggest perfectionist when it comes to recording in the studio that <laughs> needs 
you know, a hundred takes. You're asking the five of us that? Yeah. Well, I, 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 I hope everyone's, <laughs> hey, everyone's on that level. Yeah. 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 I mean, That's a funny We only thought. want to present our, our best. I mean, we're, yeah. we're really, really picky. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll be, you know, let's say, as an example, I'll be in my own world of being incredibly anal, picky about it, and then, like, John will come in and I'll say, but Jordan, what about that measure? And I'll go, damn it, you're right. Or I'll do the same thing to anybody else. Like, what is that note I hear? Maybe, you know, it's not happening. And, you know, so we're really all, you know, very aware of the, the, the picture of the way the yeah. music is being yeah. created. But we know that going in, so it doesn't take us very long. It's not like we're sitting there picking on every little thing. We just play and we'll leave... We'll leave things as we know that sometimes mm -hmm. stuff comes out that you can't repeat. Yeah, sure. uh, it's yeah, and it's got yeah, soul. True. How yeah. often does it happen where you thought, okay, we we recorded the live demo, it's done, we like it, lyrics were written, and then you have an idea that we got to change it because this uh, this thing has to be put in the middle section. I just hear it and I got to do it. Sure, um, well, it's I kind of like that. With, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Song five? No. no. Which one? The one that Mike came up with. Yeah, like song five. Show. Yeah, we do. We do. I would say things like that aren't aren't huge changes. They're like slight edits. Mm. Um, and probably the difference this time is that because we wrote all the songs together, and then we would have to play them live. Like we forced ourselves to be able to play it live. You get a feel for if it works or not. Mm -hmm. really on the spot you're not kind of experimenting where it's only on a recording it's like we know every, right. every it's like this weird thing that you just know you look at each other and if something's wrong we'll stop and like flag on the play you know right um so there isn't a lot of what you're talking about the things like john said they're like mild edits like oh that intro should have happened Two more times. So, right. Being uh, being a band that is, when you're holding a studio and you're focused on your own, own music, how much attention do you pay to other bands, other music, other things that are going on? Do you do you still buy albums? Do you still listen to music? What? How do you treat that stuff? It might be different for yeah. everybody. Yeah. I try to I stay away anything. from it. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> it's like, I'm just busy doing. Yeah. Making it. So I always see myself as, yeah. as a I mean, maker. And yeah. I don't... When we're in the process, yeah. I think, like when we were writing the music over the, whatever it was, 18 days, I don't I don't know about any of you guys, but there's no time. Like we are yeah. completely focused on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's why we get it done so quickly. But yeah, yeah you know. And personally, I try to disconnect from anything out there before. Yeah. It, it's, it's almost better like after it's all said and done and you're kind of like in the recording mode and you're thinking about production techniques and you might reference, oh, you know what? It's a cool bass sound on this record. Like, check this out. And you might try to go for things. But before that, during the creative process, I think you can get really dangerous if you're yeah. listening to too much stuff and then you find yourself borrowing from this and that. Right. So, yeah, I'm not into that. What are some of the best places that you've played and maybe some places that you haven't played yet that you've always been dying to go to? One of the best places was Poland uh, when we did the Woodstock Festival over there and we were in front of 750,000 people. Wow. That was pretty bizarre. That's pretty great. That was surreal. That was like, oh my God, you know. I mean, as far as you could see, there was people going out there. Um, they had, what was it? I think they said they had four tiers of PA systems out 
and each PA system was 100 yards away from the other. It, it was insane. Yeah, it's it was a great crazy, picture. Crazy, yeah. crazy. But uh, that, that'd be, I think, one of our, for me, that was just an unbelievable experience. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, Anywhere you guys haven't been able to play that, that you think about that you'd like to go to? There, we played in many, many, many countries. Yeah, we finally yeah. played in India not long ago. Yeah. That was a place that for many, many yeah, years we were like, okay, we got to play India. We got to play India. And just, I guess, the last, uh, last year we played in India, it was pouring rain. There were about, like, whatever, 5,000 people in, yeah. like, torrential rain. Nobody lightning. moved. Mm. Yeah. yeah lightning. What was crazy is... Well, we had to stop. It was exciting. Yeah. So about five minutes into the show, yeah. we had to stop because yeah. it was lightning. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, we're not going to play in India after all. And, yeah. uh, and then it stopped, and we went back on stage, and then we were able to get through the whole show. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, to a bunch of soaking wet yeah. Indian We haven't played in, uh, in Hawaii. I'd love to play in Hawaii. Yeah. For That's about true. a uh, one-month-long... Uh, yeah, yeah. Month, yeah. yeah. just book it and stay right. for a month. Yeah. Maybe all the one different islands we could do. And we haven't played at <laughs> yeah. all... Uh, yeah. On the African content, we no, play Morocco. We haven't. we haven't played South Africa. We haven't played yeah. somewhere. That's true. So I still got some places to try so and visit. Yeah, cool. yeah. Antarctica. Like yeah. so many of the countries that we play, including here in America and in Canada, um, you know, we played some incredible places. But the ones that stick out, are, don't you guys agree that like the weird, unique ones, like we'll be in a palazzo in Italy. Oh. And the background will be this beautiful, oh, yeah. you know, architecture. Yeah. Or will be. Yeah. We played Roman rule ruins in, in France. You know, just like oh, yeah. you're out there, and it's this yeah. unbelievable yeah. thing. Or in Greece, on top of a mountain, looking out. Yeah. Or, you know, just th those types of venues are just like they just so you remember them as being just so such a great experience because it could all blend in. Yeah. Right, right. The so, meaning is different. You know, I, yeah. for me, I, I love seeing that because I'm such a sports fan. Right. I, I, when I'm in the venue and I can see the championship banners for these teams yeah. that I watched when I was a kid, yeah. I go I go back. In fact, it, it distracts me. Nineteen yeah. seventy. <laughs> I remember. You know, it's yeah, really yeah. fun. It's so cool. Cool. Yeah. that's what's meaningful to you. I sure, guess. Yeah. We played yeah. bull rings in Spain, right. and you know, just right. like cool, yeah. cool things like that. Because sometimes when when you do the amount of touring that we've done. Um, the venues could just all kind of blend and, right. you know, you right. don't know right. where you are, what, but right. the place stands out. But sometimes the audience will make it stand out as well. Yeah. I remember the first time we played, that I played, I guess it was the first time we played, in uh, Istanbul. And we were playing along, playing this one particular song. And there's this one part where the entire audience raised their fist. And it scared, I was scared, <laughs> literally scared, because it was, it was shocking to me. I didn't know what was going on. All of a sudden, everybody in unison raised their fist, and I almost, like jumped, but I kept playing. So that was memorable. And the other, um, recently we played in Manila, and it was kind of an interesting experience, because the ride from the airport to the hotel was absolutely <laughs> frightening. The guy was taking some kind of back route. But anyway, the audience was amazing. They were really a yeah. standout audience. Yeah. They were so energized and yeah. so into it that it left a big effect. And the other place I was remembering the other day was Costa Rica. Remember when we played there? Mm -hmm. Kind of like we didn't know what to expect. You know, we thought maybe it was going to be a mellow. El Salvador back, was pretty crazy uh, audience, too. But yeah, yeah but yeah. These, there, there was an amazing, memorable mm -hmm. audience. We should make it clear that we don't necessarily choose 
Do it on poster. Yeah. So when people say, why you skipped why us? Why did you come to us? Why didn't you come to us? It's like, like, it's, like, like, like we're, we're planning. We didn't. It, it doesn't work that way. It has to be routed. And it, right. that's tough sure. business of trying to make it. Yes. So there are people that do that. Sure. So sorry. About, you know, we don't. But it's great. Yeah, you're right. Because you can't leave out. I mean, we've had such great experiences in South America. And, oh, yeah. Brazil Everywhere. and Chile and Argentina and, you know, in, in Australia and Asia. I mean, it's a whole realm in yeah, itself. Right, and right. right here in America, just some of the coolest yeah. gigs. So, you know, it's we've been doing this for a long time. It's so great. we're very fortunate to have that What experience. about mm -hmm. uh, at this point with so many songs, <coughs> yeah. picking a set list? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. is it a little easier when you know... You're going to play images and words from beginning to end. So, all right, we got to have a You know, but if you sure. go into uh, a new tour with all the songs to choose from, how do you how do you pick? Who decides? Mm. We we came up with this uh, Excel spreadsheet. You remember that? Yeah. Where, like yeah. every yeah. album yeah. and every song. <laughs> do you know which songs you've never played or which ones yeah. you've yeah. played Stuff too like much? That. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a weird balance because it's sometimes, you know, it's based on like you were saying at one point, like how long of a show you're playing, and, you know, maybe what songs you haven't played for a while. And right. There's some staple songs that, you know, you don't want to disappoint people. They come to see right. the right. band. Right. So it's hard. It's it is really hard. hard. Sometimes somebody just doesn't want to play a song. <laughs> and you kind of have to respect that. Right. 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 So it's always a challenge. Yeah. What's to get through. Is there a song that, that is... Uh, between the few of you guys, the, just the most challenging or exhausting because it's long or, you know, maybe change of seasons or something. Is there something like that long. that, that yeah. you, you still enjoy playing, obviously, yeah. but it's just it, it, it takes more out of you from, than, than another one, maybe? Sure. Uh, I mean, oh, we, top of my head. After we learn it. Yeah. yeah. And it's a whole different vibe because after we learn it, uh, it's, it, it's amazing when we leave the stage. It's it's like we have this little bubble conference and everyone talks. We we know the five notes that were out of place in right. a three hour show and everybody knows it yeah. and we'll discuss it and like is it okay? Well, that's fixed now and then we move on to the next thing. It's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like I, I went back there. It was like yeah, traumatic yeah, yeah. for a minute. I'm like, oh my gosh, I missed a note. Or, I mean, a, yeah. Look. I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily oh, think it's it's a it's a song that we you know oh that's intimidating I don't want to go there guys I don't feel it I think it, it does come down to what are some of the songs that we haven't played for quite some time you know and we know that the fans love these songs but we haven't played them for maybe a few tours or even longer right. maybe it's about time to bring that one back or that one back and I think it comes like like John said we have that XL program where everybody kind of puts submits the songs that they would like to see, and whoever else is also saying that same song, it kind of like, okay, well, that's kind of the vibe. You know, there's three guys out of the band that really want to do that song that we haven't played for 15 years live. Let's do it, or whatever. But I think it does come down to we're trying to create a balance. We know, we pretty much know what the fans really want to hear, and if we don't play maybe two or three of those songs, they're, they're going to be somewhat upset. Yeah. But, it, but it, it does, it's a little more challenging as you stay in the industry longer. You know, I remember okay. what I was going to say, that once we learn it, it becomes one, it's almost like the set's just one giant mm -hmm. song, so there's nothing, mm -hmm. there's not one piece of it that's necessarily challenging. The whole thing is, and it, mm -hmm. you just want to get that perfect show and play it all right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't right. know. Yeah, that's true. 
But I suppose between you guys being the perfection that you are, uh, you'll never admit you've played a perfect show, right? No. Or do you? It's unbelievable yeah. how many, I know for me, how many times it's gone to the last, the last chunk. And the minute or the second I think, ha, 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 right. I did it. I think, bing, <laughs> doink, you know. Yeah. It's Whatever. like you're pitching a perfect game and then oh, yeah. last. Right. Give up a home run. Yeah. You've got to kid me yeah. I did that. So, <laughs> so at what stage is uh, the album right now as we're sitting here? And how much more work is, is left to go? Well, um, the only thing left to do are the re is the recording of the vocals. And James is about halfway through that process. Mm -hmm. So all of the instruments are recorded. And uh, we're just at that last right, stage. So we're close. Very, we're very close. Yeah. We're probably see the just a couple line. weeks away. Yeah. 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 End of amazing. September, we should be done. That's great. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we've covered pretty much everything. And this is, as a longtime fan uh, of the band, uh, this is an honor for me. Thank you for having me. Cool. Thank and, you. And, uh, Really How'd you get for it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I am going to need directions home. What the hell? As, uh, as I explained, we have no idea where we are. Uh, <laughs> back on. Uh, but again, I, I think everybody's going to be really, really excited. Congratulations on the new music and um, Thank you. and the new label and everything that's Thank going you. on. And I think we have a another twenty five years ahead. Sounds good. Right. Thank All, you. Right. All right. All right. Thanks, All right, so thanks much. guys. Well.